Hello, my name is David Shire, and this is how it's going so far, the vacation podcast. What? Yeah, I've been traveling the world a little bit here and there. Uh, in this episode of the podcast, we're just going to be talking about um, a couple different things. We're going to be talking about uh, things I've promised about, things I've, I have done recently and I want to talk about. And so uh, the two big things being that uh, two weeks ago, I decided to go on this thing called an Alaskan cruise. And uh, then a week afterwards, I decided that I was going to run a half marathon. Obviously, like the half marathon thing, I've talked about it before before on the podcast. It was something that was planned out well in advance. But the cruise thing, I think, legitimately kind of changed my life a little bit and uh, has kind of reevaluated some certain things in my life. Um, I was... Honestly, like, uh, it's, it's been a weird year. Like, it's been, like, a difficult time, like, a difficult year uh, where... In a lot of ways, this has been my most successful year uh, as part of my job. It's been a really great year. I've been doing a lot of great stuff with client work and stuff like that. But before the cruise, I would say that I haven't really had a good real vacation in quite some time uh, because of the fact that I put a lot of responsibility on myself uh, when it comes to my job and when it comes to my career. Um, for those who don't know, I work as a freelance web de- uh, web designer and it's really cool, right? Because I get to set my own hours. I get to do my own thing. I uh, drive into work. Uh, I do I do work at like this co-working spot um, and, uh, in this little town called Edmonds, uh, if you're ever there, like, I don't know, look me up, but anyway, it's, it's this really nice, beautiful area. Uh, I get to go into work whenever I want They're Typically now I've been working a typical like five to nine, just because like I need to have my own personal responsibilities. I can't, I can't keep sleeping in till 11 AM every night, every morning and, and still look at myself in the mirror and call myself an adult. But anyway, uh, <laughs> dark aside, aside, uh, um, ultimately like, uh, it's, it's been tough, you know, like, like it's hard. Like nobody, like you. Everybody's like a little bit jealous when you sell it, say that you own your own business and that you're your own boss, essentially. But the truth of the matter is, is that I'm not really my own boss. Uh, I basically have decided instead of having one boss, uh, I decided that I was going to have like 50 different bosses, and each of these bosses can be very demanding. Like they're owners of companies, and it can be very stressful on them being owners of companies and being an owner of a company of myself. It's very stressful for me. And unfortunately, my personality type, um, I did an Enneagram recently, and apparently my personality type is the achiever. And so like, I do measure a lot of my success based off of how well I can make others happy. And uh, it's not good. It's not healthy all the time to constantly be worried about other people and other people's websites. And so... It's been hard. It's been difficult. And the last time I took a vacation, I didn't even really take a vacation. I ended up going to Montana to visit my father, who's currently residing there. Uh, shout out to my dad, I guess. I don't know. But uh, even then, like I took that vacation. It was for Thanksgiving break. I ended up taking my laptop because I knew that there was a lot of stuff still going on with my job and there's a lot of projects that still needed to be moved along. And uh, my dad was still working while, uh, well, it wasn't really like a vacation. He was also working. And so so there's a lot of free time for me to kind of do my work. And I basically still was able to put in like my 30 to 40 hours that week. But it was, um, yeah, so that that wasn't like real, a real vacation. But uh, we ended, yeah, I ended up going on this Alaskan cruise. It was with my cousin, Chris, who I haven't seen in a couple years now that I think about it. Like last time I saw him... Was it for my other cousin, like his sister's graduation? It might have been. Like that's... It's quite insane like, thinking about that. That was like years, years and years ago. And uh, we haven't really hung out as far as um, 
like individuals like since we were both since he was in high school and since I was like in middle school because he used to like do uh, we used to do these like camps uh, with my uh, with my grandma where he would sometimes be my counselor and uh, and so that that was how we kind of like that those were like the times where we like hung out on our own but like as adults like as people who could both uh, legally drink <laughs> we, we had not hung out and uh, we sure made up for lost time because let me tell you um, there is <laughs> there's nothing quite like uh, being on a boat and being seasick and then realizing that the cure to that seasickness is probably is like <laughs> is alcohol <laughs> because once you once you get drunk on a boat when once you're like you you start feeling a little bit wavy in in general and so uh getting getting drunk on a boat i think <laughs> is the way to cure it because because it's it sucks it sucks being seasick it sucks like fe- feeling that constant like weight shift and once you're once you uh get a little buzz going though and feel like you should be feeling that way anyway that's the way to do it it was really cool like being sold on the idea of cruises um I think my cousin, my cousin told me that like what he's liking about like what he liked about the cruise ship was that it it, it combines two things, right? Like I've been to like uh, resorts before, uh, where they kind of like have buffets and foods and stuff like that, and I love doing that. I love waking up in the morning and just gorging my body in in like breakfast and eggs and then like going swimming in a pool for a little bit maybe play some beach volleyball and then waking up and then uh waking up in a haze in the afternoon and then just gorging my body with lunch and that's pretty much how it is on on cruises is that like you you wake like they have like a all-day buffet that's super awesome uh they had um on this cruise they had a bunch of specialty restaurants um that you could like sit down in and feel all fancy in and what was super nice was that the cruise actually was at um less than 40 percent capacity which means that um which means that like typically on a cruise like if like you can they can fit like 5000 people on a boat which is insane and so usually you'll run into a lot of big lines for like elevators stuff like that you'll run into big lines to get drinks and i just didn't i we, we didn't have that problem we literally could just walk up to anywhere and we would be served within minutes and like you could feel the wait staff too just being like so eager to serve and that was really fun and so yeah, that was a big help, but but you combine like this whole resort aspect, and then you combine it with actually traveling and going to do pl- things and places, and that was really cool. And going to Alaska was honestly super super interesting for me because, from my point of view, like I I live in Seattle, I I live in the greater Seattle area, and I'm kind of used to seeing mountains, and I'm kind of used to seeing like wildlife somewhat. But Alaska is really like a whole different beast. The three places that we went to in Alaska were, um, let's see, I, I'm going to butcher this. It was Juneau, Kennewick, and Skagway. And I think Kennewick was actually the last place we went to. And <laughs> that's a whole story of itself. But so anyway, so we get to uh, Juneau. And uh, what was so interesting about Juneau is that we were... Well, we ended up signing up for a couple different excursions, and the excursion we went to uh, for Juno was the Mendenhall Glacier. And basically, it's just this giant glacier that's been kind of getting, uh, thanks to thanks to this little thing called global warming, it's been getting uh, smaller and smaller throughout the years. But it was still really cool to see. Like it was just this giant ice wall thing that we got to see. Uh, we ended up going on a little hike uh, down uh, to this waterfall. I think it was called the Golden Nugget Waterfall, uh, which was also super cool. And um, 
And once we were driving back, we did that. We also went to these um, this rainforest garden where like some of the trees were actually turned over and turned into flower pots, which is super interesting. Uh, if you follow me on uh, Twitter, I'll actually end up posting some of the uh, things I'm talking about uh, on this episode there. Uh, yeah, that's right. Brand synergy. I'm finally getting it. After after months of doing this podcast, I finally have some brand synergy. Uh, <laughs> finally trying to get you on my other socials. But anyway, I'll, I'll post some photos of... Uh, of some of the trees that were uh, underneath there. But that was really interesting. And during the drives, uh, during the bus rides over to over to the different locations in Juno, uh, there was just like bald eagles just flying around, you know, and it was explained to us that um, that bald eagles in Juno, Alaska are just everywhere. They're basically like pigeons to uh, anywhere else in the world. Uh, I guess for me in Seattle, I see a lot of seagulls everywhere. And it, it was it was a weird experience. And there is a real vastness to Alaska that you can't I can't really put into words like there's certain like we ended up going uh, our second trip. We ended up going to Skagway and uh, the population of Skagway is 800 people, like 850 people. And the population on our boat, for in perspective, like the amount of people that we brought to Skagway was a little bit over a thousand, which means that um, we basically doubled their population in one day. Not basically, we more than doubled their population in one day. And this was on a boat that was at less than 40% capacity. And what we, me and my cousin ended up doing is the big thing that you can do in Skagway is, um, is actually this train ride. And it's this four hour train ride where you go up uh, this Alaskan mountain. I can't remember the name right now, but uh, basically uh, apparently Skagway Skagway was hit with a gold rush, and uh, some famous people ended up going there. The author of White Fang uh, ended up basing his book on, based on this trip, where apparently there was gold found in Alaska, and the only way to get to it was through Skagway and through this really treacherous mountain uh, mountain range. Now, how treacherous was it? Well, the, if you go to the base of the hike uh, where you're supposed to start, uh, the first thing that you pass is a graveyard full of people who were... Uh, who are you know brave enough to go on the trip, but not, uh, but not like, not I guess not good enough to survive. That's that feels mean. <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but they, it's, it's like a graveyard of people who died trying to get up this mountain, which uh, is very discouraging. I would imagine, like if you're if you're uh, a person, a person just starting this trek. Um, apparently, about a hundred thousand people came into the mountain to try to search for gold. About. 30,000 of them made it back alive. About 10,000 of them came back with enough to actually say that it was a fortune that they made. And then uh, less than, I think even like 5,000 of those people ended up like like just wasting all their money that they made from this trip. So overall, over under, um, not a good idea, but uh, what it gave us was it gave us this really cool mountain, uh, this really cool train ride uh, through this mountain. And it was... It was really beautiful. Um, my cousin uh, Chris, uh, who I'll talk about a lot of this podcast, uh, he ended he grew up in um, in Nevada uh, in Las Vegas, and he also grew up a lot in California. And uh, as we were riding in the train, uh, as we got further and further up the mountain, uh, it started snowing, and it was like very heavy snow. And he said this that I think that was maybe his first. I think it was his first time ever. It might be his second. He's going to correct me once this podcast comes out. But it was his first time ever that he had ever been in active snow, which to me is crazy. You know, like uh, a couple of years ago, we had to deal with snowmageddon, you know, in uh, in Seattle, right? Which wasn't really snowmageddon, but, you know, yeah, it wasn't that bad. But uh, still, 
it was just kind of wild uh, hearing that kind of different perspective uh, from this trip. Uh, another thing that um, that I kind of learned uh, throughout the trip is that, well, let's talk a little bit more about the vastness of Alaska. Like seeing how empty it was, it just like it felt like it honestly felt like the entire state was like a small town. Like uh, it gave me like small town energy. Like the only other place I've been to that even felt remotely like Alaska, and I mean remotely in all terms of the word, is uh, Forks, Washington. I had an ex girlfriend who uh, who ended up uh, I ended up meeting her family in Forks, Washington, uh, where she grew up, and. Uh, it's very small town energy, you know, very, uh, very like Republican uh, uh, led, like small town, like very tight knit community. And uh, I and that's kind of like the entire state of Alaska. So and, uh, like we even went to a uh, bar where like they just had like this older, older gentleman and a hat just like just singing like in the middle of this uh this saloon which was pretty wild like it kind of it, re- it really felt like i was like i took a time machine and stepped back into the old west or at least uh the old west that was described in back to the future <laughs> three and uh, so that was really interesting um i also uh just during during the cruise i met some really amazing people uh i ended up doing a lot of karaoke which <laughs> i was not expecting to do but when like you have nothing to do but drink um on a boat uh, eventually you just find karaoke i feel like there's just like and it was very fun uh we sang a lot of elton john uh me and uh, my cousin chris uh tended to sing songs from like movies which was very fun he got made fun of a lot by the dj uh, about that um there wasn't really a lot of people our age uh during the cruise like obviously it's an alaska cruise and so uh people <laughs> tend to go for like miami single cruises more so than uh, more so than uh, the freezing cold but whatever teach their own uh, uh, we ended up meeting uh, like a really good group of people, though, through karaoke. Uh, we did a lot of dancing uh, during we did a lot of dancing during the um, during the nighttime. There was like many times where we stayed up till like 3 a.m. in the morning. And it was just super fun and super exciting. Um, I we ended up uh, we ended up meeting this guy, Jake, and his uh, his sister, um, Jordan. Um, like I don't know what their last names are, so we're gonna we're gonna we'll be fine talking about them. Uh, there was one night where like there wasn't a lot of dancing and there wasn't a lot going on, and we ended up playing uh this card game uh called Cockroach Poker, and uh, I can confirm now uh, that Cockroach Poker is like the greatest card game to play when you're drunk. <laughs> it's so fun. Uh, if you don't know what it is, uh, basically you're given like these eight different bugs, um, or like uh not not necessarily bugs. Some of them are like these uh, disgusting animals. So you have like things like well the the aptly named cockroach you have spiders you have um, flies and uh, the first person who goes has to give a card away and they have to sit they have to give it face down and they have to state what the card is so for example if I were to give you listener a card I would put it face down in front of you on the table and I'd say this card is a fly and now you have three options number one you can say David I think you're lying that's not a fly um, and call me out on it. And uh, you could either say, David, I do believe you and call me out on that. Or you can take a look at the fly and, or you can take a look and see what it is and see that, oh, hey, actually, I did lie about that. And then hand the card off to somebody else and say, OK, well, David lied. It's actually a cockroach. And then that person has the same exact choices. So if you like, okay, like going back, like if 
if you had called me out on that lie, let's say I said it was a fly and it turned out you were like, I, David, I think you're lying. And I flipped it over and I, you found out that it wasn't that it wasn't um, a fly and that I was lying. I'd put the card in front of me. And if I gain if I ever have more than four, if I ever get more uh, four cards of the same type, then I lose the game. And then it's my turn again. And I just keep on doing that until eventually someone picks up my card or uh, or I get away or uh, I end up getting away with it. Now, if it was a cockroach, then the card would go in front of you and then it would be your turn next. And then same thing is also true is if you believe me and then I flip it over and it is not it is not uh, uh, what I said it was, it would go in front of you and all this other stuff. And what makes it really fun is it's actually a pretty simple game, right? But what makes it fun when you're drunk is that you don't really think about the game theory so much and it just becomes like this whole like fun little mess of a game (laughs) that's what I really enjoyed about it and so and so yeah it's just and just the entirety the entirety of the trip was just so fun I, I don't think I've had I honestly don't think I've had as much fun on any any trip in my entire life you know like they're like just the combination of like going away and doing some of the cool stuff that we ended up doing i think the last cool thing that we did was we ended up talking to um these two girls um kristen and ari and what was cool about meeting them was that you know it was just like nice chill vibes right like they both had boyfriends and yeah we were flirting with them a little bit but (laughs) but but ultimately it was just like a nice like good friendship vibes we were all just kind of joking around and on the last night we ended up actually going to uh, Victoria Canada now this was kind of weird we we ended up landing in Victoria Canada at around seven and then we had to leave at like 11. So there's only like a short time frame, but we ended up just kind of walking around and exploring the city. And I had been to Victoria, Canada before. It was for a graduation uh, back in, or, well, <laughs> a graduation for my graduation, <laughs> you know, kind of an important detail in my life. Uh, it was for my graduation back in 2014. And it was this really great, um, it was this really great trip. And I just forgotten how beautiful Victoria, Canada is. It's definitely someplace I want to go to again in the near future, um, maybe for like a weekend trip because it just is really gorgeous. Like if you live in the Pacific Northwest and you haven't been to Victoria, Canada, um, the ferry ride I think is around 70 bucks. Um, and so I would highly recommend going because it was really beautiful. And we just got to walk around. There's like this beautiful, um, we went to the Empress Motel, uh, hotel and it's just like we ended up uh, just kind of exploring that area. There's been there was a lot of Christmas lights up and it was like a very touristy town. Uh, it was just, it was so good. It was so beautiful. And Again, it was just like another one of these like mo- like these moments, these memories that I think I'll hold on to for a while. And uh, when I came back uh, from from the trip, when I came back to work and kind of had to like just kind of dive my head back into all the crazy mess that I left behind, uh, it was tough. It was really it was really difficult. Like I I had a hard time kind of readjusting because you know you go on a boat like people are feeding you constantly. You you don't have to worry about anything. It's kind of like it's kind of like being like a newborn baby almost. Except you know I don't think newborn babies drink alcohol like coronas as much as much as I did but uh it just felt like it felt like um it felt like I needed a break um and it felt it felt hard to like like go from like zero to a hundred uh so quickly and it took me a couple days to really mentally be fully there like I was still getting a lot of work done but it, it was it was difficult and um luckily I already had something uh, else planned uh to kind of fill up my <laughs> fill up my days and fill up my dread is that um a couple months ago I signed up and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast but I signed up for a um for a half marathon now 
I learned something in this half marathon. Uh, number one is that if you're going to do a half marathon, like don't schedule a cruise ship before uh, this half marathon, because because let me tell you, there's certain injuries that you're going to get on the cruise ship that you weren't like necessarily accounting for uh, before doing this half mar- before doing a half marathon. So the injury I'm I'm going to discuss is kind of gross, but uh, what ended up happening is I ended up dancing a lot during this trip. You know, like I ended up dancing like so much. Uh, uh, cause I'm and like, uh, during the Alaskan cruise and I've never, I never dance, right? Like, like that's not something I've, I've actively pursued out. And it's definitely something I want to do more, like just go out and like dance around and stuff like that. Cause it's super fun. But, um, while I was dancing though, I had like my shoes on a little bit too tight one night. And so what ended up happening was the top of my foot on my right foot was rubbing against my shoe. And it kind of sounded like, I don't know if you can hear that, but it was like, I imagine it was just like a constant sound like that. And, um, what ended up happening is, is that we ended up going back to the hotel room and I kind of just, it kind of just kept on itching the top of my foot. And when I woke up the next morning, like my entire like top of my foot was like really swollen and really scratched up. And so I basically spent the rest of the week also, um, like putting, putting Neosporin on the top of my foot and, uh, it kind of slowly healing it. And the week of the week before the race, I didn't want to, I didn't want to re-aggravate it. So, and like, it was still in the process of healing. <laughs> so I ended up not running a lot. Instead, I kind of focused more on the idea that like, look, you know, I just need to focus on uh, getting my feet healed up. And then that way I can just make it and survive this run. Uh, the week before that, I also did a bad job of training because I was preparing for the race. And also I was dealing with something, something else. Uh, like, and then two weeks before that, I was sick. Like I had this, um, I had a lot of congestion one day and uh, that ended up like I there's like literally mornings where like I had a hard time breathing. And so that's what stopped me from really training hard that week. And then the week before that, I was dealing with athlete's foot. So like the last month before training for this half marathon was not super great. Um, so, so but needless to say, I signed up for it. It cost me like one hundred dollars. So um, it. It, that was like the main motivator on why I needed to get it done. And so I was like, you know what? Fine. You know what? I, I, I could say I'm going to back out, but I told I told a podcast, I told random people on the streets uh, that I was going to do this. I told all my friends that I was going to do it. And you know what? I, I spent $100 on it. I'm not backing out now. And so uh, the morning came and um, it takes the, the race takes place on the San Juan Islands, which is also very, it's like in the northern the northern west part of uh of Washington and it's about a 3 hour drive but you also have to take a ferry and so for me uh um that was a bit rough like it was it was a bit of a rough trip because i had to wake up at about like the race started at 9am and the first ferry going out was at 6:20am which meant that i had to um and it was about an hour drive to the ferry so what i ended up doing was i ended up waking up at at 4 a.m. to make the hour drive. And then I ended up, I ended up, uh, kind of sort of sleeping on the ferry, but I was also super nervous about like, like, I don't know why, like, there's like this fear I have when it comes to fl- like any sorts of travel outside of cruising. Cause you know, <laughs> but where I have this fear that if I sleep on, if I sleep, if I fall asleep on whatever vehicle I'm traveling at, the vehicle will just keep on going like way past my stop. Um, this is especially true, like of buses. Like I like, 
like people who commute and ride the bus every day and are able to fall asleep on the bus, like hats off to you because I'd just be way too nervous about missing my stop. Like <laughs> that would that would be such a big concern. And I've even felt that way on like planes and stuff like that. It doesn't make any sense, but Needless to say, like I get on the ferry, I, I tried to take a nap, but it's not it's not happening. I'm like super, super tired. Um, I ended up bringing like a backpack with me um, uh, in my car. And so we get we get to the San Juan Islands. Um, we end up it ends up like we I end up meeting like this couple who are a, a bit older. I think they're in their like late or they're in their mid 30s. And I end up talking to them, chatting them up a bit. They're pretty cool. Uh, we have to wait at this uh, bus station to wait for a shuttle because apparently you can't just like drive up to um, to the beach where we're going to uh, where we're going to start the race. So uh, we end up waiting by the shuttle. Uh, the shuttle is late. So uh, the first shuttle we, we uh, that actually comes, they they end up they end up coming and then. And then, like, uh, I, like we were standing in the front of the line, but like, there's people like around around the area that were also part of the race, and those people just like straight up cut us off, bro. And I was super annoyed about that. And we end up, and then it ends up start raining. It, it's like cold. I'm wet, miserable, and tired. Um, I also another mental thing that kind of uh, spooked me was that I did run a red light uh, <laughs> dur- uh, during uh, during my drive up to uh, to to get on the ferry and I was kind of spooked by that because I was like, whoa, like I could have actually died, you know, but, but needless to say, I get, I get, we end up going on the shuttle, the race ends up starting. And uh, another thing happens that I wasn't considering at the time is that apparently uh, islands are very, 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 very hilly. And a lot of the race was on uphill and that was really rough. And I was really, I was really I was really struggling during that first part. Like the, I think the first, the first part of the ru- the race, like we had to go up this hill, and I'm pretty sure it was at like a 45 degree angle, like or maybe even slightly more. Like it was it was a rough start, and I ended up I ended up having to walk a a bit during the first the first couple miles, and I just I fit I feel like I'm mentally not there. But luckily, um, luckily I brought my backpack, and I was running with my backpack. I had a couple of bottles of water in there, and I also had this thing called a Bang Energy drink. <laughs> so, and so, uh, Bang Energy drinks uh, has this creatine powder in it. They have like a, a lot of electrolytes um, and a bunch of other stuff. And it's a pretty it's a pretty big can. Like uh, it's the it's definitely like some. If I felt like I if I chucked it at somebody hard enough, I could actually like murder them. It would be like throwing a brick at them. You know, like it's a pretty big it's a pretty big can. And so. I'm looking, I'm like, I'm running up this, uh, this hill and I'm thinking like, oh yeah, bang energy drink. And so I open up my backpack, I pull out this can and I literally just chug it. And I must've looked like a freaking lunatic. (laughs) Like I had this out of body experience where I was like, man, if I was like another one of these runners and I saw like a kid doing this, I'd be like, what in the world is wrong with that person? (laughs) So I, I end up chugging the whole thing and honestly it works. Like I feel great. Like all of a sudden, all of a sudden I'm, I'm like full of energy. My legs are like, my legs are, uh, are feeling all jittery. Uh, I'm able to run up certain hills. Like I still end up walking some of them because like, it's just, it's, it's very difficult, but, uh, I still, I end up like flying, like I'm flying down these hills. Like once we hit that, once you hit that top point and then you end up going, switching from going uphill to downhill, like, let me tell you, I was flying and I was making up for the fact that my, uh, downhills, that my uphill speed was so low and I was feeling pretty good. Like around the six mile mark I was hitting, uh, which is like the furthest I've ever run during a race. Like I was feeling good. Like I felt like, 
like I was going to be um, around two and a half hours or so, like, which is pretty good for a, for, uh, for a half marathon. So I was like, okay, I'm, fe- I'm feeling it, you know, like I, I got this. And then around mile eight is when I started feeling my legs really start to tense up a little bit. And then mile nine is when I felt the full effect of like these muscle spasms. And I realized that maybe I didn't do such a good job at hydrating myself because really (laughs) I ended up drinking the bang. And then for a while there, I didn't even pull out my water bottle, which I should have been like drinking like heavily. (laughs) I didn't do a good job like resting uh, during mile markers. There's definitely a lot I would have done a lot differently. And my legs were like, it literally felt like somebody was punching them like at random where like I'd take a couple steps like I try to like run and take a couple steps and then all of a sudden it felt like a little kid was just like going underneath me and like and like like a little Mike Tyson was just uppercutting my leg and I'd be like oh gosh <laughs> so, so so uh needless to say around nine, mile nine is when I just started walking the course and to my credit, like uh, what was so what was nice about the course was that the San Juan Islands are also super beautiful. Again, if you live in Washington, you have so many beautiful things around you. You got to go right, and I can tell you with uh, with full assurance that the San Juan Islands um, they are kind of expensive to get to. It was like seventy eight or no seventy two eighty. Uh, yeah, $72 to get there and back, but it was worth it. Like the views were really, really beautiful. Uh, the town was really cute. Like it was a very cutesy little town, uh, that I wish I could have spent more time in after the race. But, uh, by that point I, uh, I, I, I thought I died. So, <laughs> but needless to say, I, I would highly recommend going and it was a really beautiful day. Like it wasn't, it wasn't super hot. It wasn't super sunny, but it was like very misty. The rain, uh, it didn't rain at all during the course or like there's like light drizzles here and there, but it was just a beautiful day for running. There's like beautiful mountains, beautiful hills. It was just overall, like overall, that was a great experience. And my legs were killing me though. And so I end up, I end up getting across the finish line, um, at around mile 13, uh, during mile 13, actually, they have like during the last little part, they actually have the uh, the finish line down this little hill, which was super nice because then I could fake that. I was like, oh, yeah, I was jogging this thing. <laughs> if I ever get that photo that uh, the guy took of me at the end of the race where I was like, oh, yeah, I was jogging this whole time. But yeah, it was it was rough. Uh, There's portions where um, where I like I felt like my legs were completely dead and I had to walk uphill and that was rough. And then there when you were going back downhill, I ended up using this strategy where I would just, I would move my arms a little bit more and that way I can generate more gravity to push me forward. And then, and then like you also had the gravity of me going downhill and that way I was able to like quickly scoot my legs just a little bit faster to get a little bit uh, more time off. But ultimately it was, it was really difficult. I, I finished the race at about three hours and 22 minutes. And I, I think I looked up the results. There's like 250 people who, uh, who are in the race and I finished 210th. So <laughs> not the greatest result, but I ended up doing it. I, I did feel like this great sense of accomplishment. And now I'm also kind of feeling again, like this week, it's also been kind of tough, like getting back into it. Number one, because on Sunday, what was it? it was, yeah, because I raced on Saturday and my lower back down just hurt really bad. And then it's the day after that hurts really, really bad because you're really dealing with like, like the day of you can deal with like the adrenaline and adrenaline, man, like what a crazy thing. Like, like as, as painful as it was to complete the race, it was way more painful to stop running. And it, it hurts so bad. Like I, I, I felt like a newborn baby, like 
Like, you know how babies, like, will try to, like, cap- catch their balance and, like, uh, when they stand up? That's how I felt the entire time. But then every time I put my foot down, it would just be, like, a shock of pain would go up my leg. And I'd be like, oh. And there's a part of me that was, like, genuinely worried that I might have, like, seriously injured myself during the race. Because, like, the last month left training, as I've kind of described, has not been super great. But needless to say, uh, I ended up surviving uh, that Sunday. I spent a lot of it in bed. I ended up, I still ended up going out with some friends. I don't know how. <laughs> but... I still ended up going out. Uh, I ended up catching up on uh, the show I'm watching, uh, which we'll talk about in a, in uh, maybe a later episode. But yeah, it was it was crazy. I I would I definitely part of me never wants to do it again. But another part of me is like, yeah, but but you do though, David. You want you want to push yourself one more time, maybe even attempt at a full marathon. I don't know. But there's like a sick twisted part of me that loves achieving things, uh, and I. It's it, it it felt great, and it's been tough getting back into this week again, though, because like one, I'm kind of recovering, and two, it's tough like again getting getting in that getting in that zone where you feel like wow, you're like king of the world, and you just have like this great this great moment, and then coming back to uh, reality is just tough. But needless to say, like it's I think it's important. I think it's important for me to kind of continue doing stuff like this. It's important, like that's why this podcast is so important to me too, you know, because I think it keeps me it keeps me motivated to like, just keep on pushing because life, life's tough, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is about, about the human existence, but it's hard. And I feel like having goals and having things that push you to continue moving forward is really important. And that's why, that's why I do these things, you know, like now I'm, now I'm thinking about like how I want to save up for like the next big cruise trip or like this next big adventure, because like, I don't know, I don't know how much time I have left on this earth, you know, but I want to make sure that I spend it with people I love and spend it doing things that I love. And I love, I love doing this. I love doing the podcast. I love doing so many things and I just want to continue living my life this way, you know? So anyway, hopefully that, hopefully the whole point of this podcast is hopefully this inspires you to do some amazing things. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, or Instagram, my uh, Twitter and Instagram handle I think are both uh, David Shire twenty two. For the Instagram one, uh, there, yeah, I think, yeah, it's David, yeah, David Shire twenty two is where you can find me on those. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, we do have a Patreon, um, and I will. I will start adding benefits like uh, Patreon shoutouts and stuff like that. If you end up giving to the podcast, uh, I do. I do want to kind of make this into a full-time living if I could, but I don't know. If not, it's a great hobby podcast. Again, it's just a great motivator to keep me going. Um, And so... And so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, as far as um, as far as like any other ways to support the podcast, honestly, just messaging messaging me, reaching out on Instagram or reaching out on Twitter, saying how much you love the podcast, giving support that way, uh, giving me a star rating on Apple Podcasts. Apparently, we have five stars. Like so. When I say we're the best podcast ever, you know, like there's, I could at least point to three, re, uh, three ratings of uh, my five stars on uh, on Apple Podcasts, and honestly, uh, reviewing on Apple Podcasts also really does help in the ratings. It helps with SEO and search engine optimi- optimization. So, uh, anything that you can do on that as well uh, would be super helpful. And again, my name has been David Shire, and that's how it's going so far.